The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you that are listening with us today. We're very glad that you're tuned in, and we love hearing from you. We know that what we're doing here, the guests that we're bringing are blessing you. They're touching your heart and opening up possibilities for you of uh, new thoughts about recovery. And so thank you so much for participating. Thanks for your emails. Thanks for your posts on Facebook. You can find us at Spirit of Recovery on Facebook. And um Thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about Spirit of Recovery. It's great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery here on Unity Online Radio, unity.fm. And know that you can listen live, that you can listen to our archives by going to www.unity.fm backslash program backslash spirit of recovery. We've got lots of great archived programs. Also, you can listen on your own mobile listening device. So lots of ways that you can tune in to Spirit of Recovery and the other great programs here on Unity FM. Every week here on Spirit of Recovery, we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. Our guests are people who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable and innovative. Our guests are people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And they bring you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. The spirit of recovery is a welcoming place, and if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member, or a family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, whether or not they're in recovery, or you're simply interested in this process of recovery and curious, want some more information, we welcome you here at Spirit of Recovery, and we welcome your participation in our discussions Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and a recovery counselor. 
And also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And almost 31 years ago now, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And my path since that time is an integration of unity principles and recovery principles. And it sure keeps me growing and keeps my life getting richer and richer. So I'm delighted to have the opportunity to bring you great guests to share with you ideas about spiritual growth in recovery and also delighted to hear what you have to say about your spirituality and your growth. Our topic today is When in Doubt, Focus Out. And my guest is Ray Nelson. Ray has uh, 17 years in the recovery process. He's also a unity minister. He's a person who has experienced firsthand some real uh, profound healings in his life, and he'll be sharing those with us. And Ray's uh, favorite saying is, when in doubt, focus out, because he has that real understanding that recovery is one of those things that we alone can do, but we cannot do it alone. And So he's going to share with us today as well about how keeping in touch with our recovery community with our spiritual growth community and how uh, allowing ourselves to be in service is a really important and key part of our ongoing growth. So Ray, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. We're really glad that you're here. So um, you've got quite a story, Ray, You about how you got into your recovery process. Um, you were somebody that didn't really have any kind of a I think, a a concept of spirituality or spiritual walk, but then life gave you some opportunities. So what happened? Well, I could could actually say the uh, I would have probably been an atheist, but that took too much work. Uh, You have to actually think about God to actually reject God, and I was was totally distanced from the whole idea. Um, uh, And I had, what I had was, I was, um, I was, I wasn't in recovery yet, and I developed what's called cardiomyopathy, which is a heart condition where the heart isn't able to pump the blood around the the body in an efficient manner. And uh, I was diagnosed with that in 1991, and then I continued on on my path of, of drinking for another two years until... In June of 93, I ended up in a cardiac ICU unit and had a cardiac transplant surgeon tell me that the only thing that would save my life was to get a heart transplant, and oh, by the way, we don't give scarce hearts to drunks. And so that was kind of my wake-up call. I needed to do something different if I wanted to live. And I kind of remember laying back after he left thinking, wow, he's awfully cruel. You know, he was pretty blunt, and then, but also saying, "All right, there's something's got to be different." And, I, and this was pre-Unity days, so it was a pretty simple view of God. I laid back and said, "Okay, God, if you don't kill me, I'll do anything you ask. I will, I, I, I will be in service." And uh, um, that was the uh, literally uh, uh, almost a claiming of the first step where I. I don't think my life could have gotten any more unmanageable than um, laying in a cardiac unit in a, in a major metropolitan hospital telling me I had six months to live. So, Right, and you weren't even 40 years old at that point. 
No, at that point I was 39 years old, and um, the the doctor was he, he he was a funny guy. He said you have a perfectly healthy heart for an 83 year old man. Um, mm-hmm. The problem was I was 39 years old, so um, I had to do something. And, and, and the funny thing is, is I expected that I was going to die. I, I really didn't didn't expect that I was going to live. I just at that point I made a decision. I said. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die differently and set out on a path of changing my life so that, you know, my, my death would, I don't know that my death would at that point would have, I would have felt it had meaning, but at least, at least in my mind, it wouldn't have been meaningless. Um, the interesting thing was, you know, one of, one of my character defects is, had, had been procrastination and he said, come back and see him in six months. I came back and saw him in nine months. Um, because I was afraid, and at a certain, he said, "So I have some, I have some good news and some other news, or I said actually some bad news and some other news." He said, "I will not put you on the transplant list," and I was going to try and get angry with him. He says, "But that's because you've um, your body started healing, and you no longer would qualify." So I had gone from um, uh, what is the it's called a rejection factor which anything under 20 is you're on the heart transplant list. I had gone from 13 to 33 in nine months. So literally a 20-point 20, 20 jump, and anything over 20, you don't actually qualify. And, and I was healing. Two years later, I was completely healed. They couldn't even find the fact that I'd had the condition anymore, which mm-hmm. is, according to my doctors, not possible that you can't heal from this condition. So... Um, I knew something, something that was not part of me was helping, you know, or part of me inside of me or something, something that was way bigger than me was helping me at that point. What were you doing, Ray, like right after you made that surrender uh, in the hospital and then for those two years when you were having that fantastic healing? How were you cooperating with that God healing power? Well, the, the, inter- the interesting thing was is... I had I went to see a nurse who was also a chemical dependency counselor, and she um, she was a very wise woman. And um, we had a group up in Minneapolis that was a group in that was focused on recovery for people who had disabilities. So she said, "What well, you'll have you you'll have your ways of releasing stress in my life." Which she was she nailed it right right on the head. Was I either work or I drank, and she says, you can't work anymore because you're disabled, and you can't drink anymore because you're going to die if you do, and so you need to re, kind of reevaluate what life is for you. So I was out of work, and I went to these meetings with other people who had um, hurt their backs in construction accidents. Uh, you know, one guy was a quadriplegic, and um, in a wheelchair, and all these different people who had these disabilities. And so they helped me, first off, deal with the fact of what, what does it mean to be disabled in, as a working-class male in the middle America, and, uh, and how do you deal with life when you can't do the thing that you def- are defined by? And they also gave me some of the tools I needed to help with the whole not-drinking thing. Um, but interestingly, is I never really claimed my, my, my alcoholism until about six months in when my, 
um, sister-in-law asked me if I really thought I was an alcoholic because her ex-husband, her former husband, was an alcoholic, and him and I had been friends when I was in high school, and at that moment it hit me, I was. I had this vision of an old um, uh, um, anti-drug commercial that nobody dreams of being an addict when they grow up. And I really saw myself in a very quick vision that I was that kid running down the street being arrested by the police. And I'm like, oh, my God. And from that moment, it was like a light flashed on. Everything became easy. Um, Any obsession or any struggle with addiction just literally just flew out the door. It was like I knew what what I had been. And that was not my vision of my life. And so I moved to a completely different realm of understanding until I, I went back. And when they told me I no longer was disabled, I could go back to work, I left that group because I didn't feel authentic in it anymore. Um, and sat in my apartment said, and, and again, I, I said out loud, I hadn't found unity yet. I said, okay, it's my turn. What would you have me do now? And the very next morning, a friend of mine called me from jail and asked me if I'd sponsor him. And from that led me to going to a different AA group. And one of the gentlemen there, when I decided I needed a bigger, growing understanding of what this higher power I was turning my life and will over to was, he invited me to my first Unity Church, and I've been there ever since. I remember the minister said, God doesn't forgive you because God's never held anything against you. You need to forgive you and clean up the mess that you made of your life so you can move forward. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is the guy I want to follow, and, and I've been there ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of your healing has been about being connected with people. Why is there healing yeah. power in that? Um, well, for, you know, one of the first things I learned when both when I was in the disabled group and when I, and when I went into what would be called a, a more traditional AA group is that, you know, I thought I was the only one that was experiencing the feelings I had or experiencing the troubles I had or experiencing the experiences I had. And as when I walked into these rooms, I realized I love the line my first sponsor said is, you know, get over the fact that you're not terminally unique, that you're just one of many people and that we're here for each other. And that, and that though I have to walk my own path, I have to make my own decisions. I have to, you know, you know, be responsible for my own actions that I do it better when we're doing it collectively. And we walk that path together because we strengthen each other. When I falter, somebody's there to give me a hand up. When they falter, I'm there to give them a hand up. If I'm lost in the dark, there's somebody else who's got a flashlight to, you know, the metaphorical flashlight that shines me a light out of the darkness. And, um, and I also know that, um, I, I, I listening to the introduction, one of my favorite sayings is when, when in doubt, focus out. I know when I start getting in my own stuff, the best way to get out of that is go be with other people and give a hand to somebody or be in service in some manner because I, know, I, I feel that connection that we each have to each other and that by being in service and feeling the, the um, compassion coming from me and the, the 
the empathy and that I'm just lifted out of whatever whatever stuff my head is made up because I'm just making it up. I, it's not true, but like anybody, I, I tend to fall into old patterns of thinking, old patterns of behavior, old patterns of, you know, woe is me kind of mentality. And focusing on somebody else allows me to pull myself out of that until I'm able to then do the some more of the inner work to discover why in the heck was I thinking that in the first place. Um, and right. I think that's the beauty of the recovery community is that you can relapse and walk back in the room and nobody has a judgment. All they, all anybody cares about is helping you find, find serenity, helping you find sobriety, helping you find that peace that we all seek in our life and, so often, you know, outside of the recovery community, you may not always get that. You may get, you know, you may have the eye turned at you or, you know, somebody judging you. Whereas in the room, we're all helping each other and we're all, we're all know that just, but you know, I love the saying, just by the grace of God go I, you know, that I made a decision, you know, I got a healing, I had certain things and I can share that with somebody else. And maybe by that they they get an inkling, they get some light, and they get a path that that uh, you know ignites for them. Yeah, it strikes me that uh, what you're speaking about the recovery community is a way of sort of um, calming the ego down, and it, it's like that way. You know that the spiritual idea is that we're all one, we're all one in spirit, and yet we're right. many, and and that community really lives that out and it, it kind of puts the ego in its appropriate place instead of making it drive the boat i don't know how do you see right. that yeah uh, absolutely you know there's a good you know i i don't look on my ego as being something bad my ego's no, got one no. one goal and one goal only which is to keep me safe keep mm-hmm. me secure and it just does it in sometimes in 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 inappropriate ways when it when it thinks it's it's in front of the in front of the cart rather than as part of the cart. Um, uh, one of the things, uh, you know, I absolutely just love the last, since I've been back in town the last year, I've been, um, I told you before we got on there, I've been hearing fist steps at a place. And, and to walk in and every the whole group, the whole community is supporting the the person going in to give their fist step to me. It's not just, they're just not going in. It's, the whole there's a there's a whole like community of people going you know stand strong good luck you know pray you in you know and it's it's and it, it it never fails to I will walk in and I will get God bumps by just feeling the the connection that these these gentlemen have for each other and the support they're giving each other even though they've only known each other you know less than thirty days it's it um. I think it's that uh, it's something we all want to have in our life to just know that people are just supporting us and loving us and wanting the best for us, and they don't have an agenda for it. They just want for whoever is in the room to have things work out for them. And, um, that, and that, that's, the, that's, that's the beauty of the program to me. That's right. Thank you so much, Ray. It's time for our break. We're going to take a short break. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back, starting with the Serenity Minute, and then more conversation about when in doubt. Focus out with Ray Nelson. 
If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. to be? It's a question we all ponder from time to time. Reverend Kelly Isola, host of Spiraling Consciousness and her co-authors, have crafted a guidebook that will take you on a profound journey. If you long for love, peace, and joy, or yearn for commitment, passion, calm, or clarity, this book teaches you that you already have all of these within you. Whatever you long to experience outside of you is an aspect of you wanting to be birthed. Who have you come here to be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation is part daily reader, part spiritual practicum. Drenched in gorgeous imagery, each powerful page invites readers to dance, to leap, to sit still, to stand tall as they ponder the question, Who have I come here to be? Join the journey of self-discovery. Come explore the world within an infinite field of possibilities to discover who have you come here to be. To order your copy of Who Have I Come Here to Be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation, go to www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. That's www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the Dream Doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is, when in doubt, focus out. And my guest is Ray Nelson. Ray has 17 years in recovery. He's a unity minister, and he's a person who really focuses on service and on how to be a participant uh, with other people 
and that's a wonderful way that he stays um, in recovery and keep his keeps his spiritual growth going. So he's going to share some more about that with us in just a moment. But before Ray and I continue our conversation, I invite you to join me as we take a moment to center ourselves in peace of mind in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to share with me this constructive thought. I center myself in my awareness of God and I say yes to my connection with other people. I center myself in my awareness of God and I say yes to my connection with other people. Thank you for joining me there in the Serenity Minute. And I do hope that that gave you a moment to just reflect and be still and find a greater connection with your higher power. So now we're back with my guest, Ray Nelson, and we're talking about when doubt, focus out. And so, uh, Ray, before the break, you were talking with us about uh, fifth step, which in the 12-step program is the, um, uh, the step where the person talks about their fourth step and what their inventory and tells tells basically about their life and what's um what they have to to share about what um what it's been like what they're ready to let go of and and so forth so a lot of times i guess in in a way it kind of feels like a confessional sometimes for people or whatever and you were you were talking about how much support uh, people had going in when you when you hear fifth steps why is that support so important for somebody to be able to to talk about their life and really tell the truth about it, sometimes for the for very first time? Well, and I think, especially for the person on the first time, this may be the first time they've ever actually admitted, even to themselves, let alone another human being and God, some of the, some of the uh, character defects, some of the behavior, some of the... You know, um, some of the actual, in, in many cases, some of the abhorrent things we, we, we do to our, you know, our fellow man. And, um, um, and it can be a frightening, you know, uh, just an absolutely frightening because, you know, it, we're, you know, my experience was we don't grow up. I didn't grow up in a society that isn't going to judge me, that isn't going to somehow treat me as if I'm either broken or in somehow fatally flawed or somehow that my behavior means that I'm somehow less than a human being. And that's, that, that can be an, an absolutely terrifying thing to walk into. And mostly is you're having to face that yourself without the judgment, to so just be able to... You know, we, we say that, you know, the, you know, for myself, I tell the people, I'm just a witness. You know, God's the one that's here that you're talking to. And if you, when you do a good fifth step, God takes these burdens from you. And it's like I, I, I equate God being the, um, the bellhop, takes your bags. You can take them back. I don't know why you would, but you, you can take everything back. But you, sometimes you feel all that. You can even see somebody become lighter. You know, they come in, they're hunched over. They, they, you can almost feel and see the burdens on them. Um, and you can feel the burdens being lifted as they, as they release things. And, but that's a frightening thing because you're going on faith 
in, in, in a stage of recovery where maybe your faith isn't maybe that, that strong yet. You know, uh, you know, the, the nice thing when you get to the 12 step, you, you know, it says you all have a spiritual awakening. Well, at the fifth step, you haven't had the awakening yet. So there's this tremendous fear. But when you know that an entire room full of other people either have gone through it before you or have your back and they're encouraging you and they're telling you, go ahead and go for it. Just let loose. It's, you know, we're all here for you. We'll be here when you get out. It's just, you can just see somebody going like, okay, they steady themselves and they walk in the room and say, okay, let's do this. And it's, um, it, it, it lifts my spirits each and every time, which is the reason why I tell, tell people, you know, this is why I, this is why I'm here. This is as much for me as it is for you because I keep getting fed by being in service to you to listen to these and, um, to, and, and, the, and to have them know that I'm not judging them either. Um, I think it's extremely important. You know, sometimes people would say they might have a spiritual community they could go back to, but they would never tell their minister these things, which kind of breaks my heart that they would say that, but I would hope I'm never that type of minister that I would have a congregant say they could never say these things to me. But at least at this point, I, I get to help them through that process. Right. One thing that when you when you hear a fifth step or you or somebody is honest with you, it almost helps oneself in not judging oneself. Do you find that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, too, because so often I hear somebody saying something or um, they'll talk about a fear they had or they'll talk about a resentment they have, and they'll remind me, oh, you know, I had that one, or I still do. Every once in a while I'll get, I'll get a rude awakening that, oh, there's something I had noticed about myself. So, you know, it's because we're all connected, they, they, there's nothing that can actually go on in, in that room that, that, you know, unless I'm asleep to it, that could actually shock me. Um, so, it's, you know, the, the, their, their upliftment helps my, helps my spiritual growth. Right. You believe that uh, abuse of a substance or the disease of addiction is really an effect and not a cause of our yes. problems. How do you see that? Yeah. Well, too often I've seen too many people move from one one addiction to another because they're not willing to do any of the work. That, yeah, I'll quit drinking. I mean, I've, uh, you know, especially with the advent of, of the multiple places you can gambling, I've known lots of people who go from you know, either drugs or alcohol and go right into gambling or they'll go into shopping or they'll go into something else because they're not willing to do the inner work and they never get the peace. They may, they may quit doing a substance. You know, maybe they don't even go into something that's really self-destructive like gambling, they, you know, but they never, they never seem to embrace the peace and serenity that the program offers, um, that recovery offers. Um, and mostly it's been when they're trying, they do it alone. They, they, um, but the two, the two things I've seen is the people either they, they think they can do it on their own or they struggle with the whole, uh, the whole notion of that there's such a thing called God in the, in the world, however that person wants to define it. Um, so they never seem to get the serenity, so they just bounce from, you know, substance to substance or issue to issue, um, which is, you know, 
there's a there's a malady that you know that was missing in my life that I tried to replace it with uh, by using using alcohol and using substances to fill this this void of not feeling good enough about myself. And as I began to feel good or better, better about gooder, as I began to feel better about myself, I didn't feel a need to have to replace something in me to replace that to fit, fill something that wasn't already there um, does that make sense yeah it makes a lot of sense so what is the inner work you said I guess part of it is feeling better about yourself but how does that happen and what is what what is a person well, what's the inner work well you know uh, using the you know I, I, I think one of the one of the more powerful spiritual programs um, you know in is the 12 steps is first off to, to, you know, take that fearless look at yourself and say, you know, here's some behaviors, here's some actions, here's some ways of thinking and being that are destructive to me and those around me and accepting that and having accepted that, you know, um, and, and I, you know, unity, you know, that we don't pray to a God outside ourselves and stuff. So however you do that, but to just, you know, ask that spirit to lift those burdens. I, I know for myself, I was consumed by fear. Consumed, and most of my fears were about the fact of what would I do if I was ever successful. It was a, a, a very paradoxical as if I was, you know. Um, and then as you move through the program is you know, cleaning up the, the, the damage you've done in the world by making amends. Um, to go to people, what I, what I like is amends is not saying you're sorry. Amends is I've done something that has created a, a disharmony or a wrong, and what do I need to do to restore this relationship or this situation back to some form of harmony? and leaving it to another person so that I begin to see that the world's not revolving around what my needs are. My world starts revolving around, you know, creating peace and creating harmony in, in, in the world and in my life. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the, it, it directs you into the 10th step with the two prayer and meditation. And so, you know, that, that it specifically says, seek God first, you know, always go to God first, which is a great, great teaching, um, you know, which unity teaches, go to God first, and then as directed, go to, go to man, you know, um, and then, um, and then the 12th step, which is, you know, having had a spiritual awakening, we carry this message, and so we continue to go out into the world, we just don't, we don't become, well, I'm, I'm cured, and I don't care about anybody else, and so then, and then that, and then you start that process over again, and continually reminding yourself to look at yourself on a daily basis, to become self-aware enough to remind yourself, "Ooh, did I do something wrong today?" And if you did, I love the tenth step. If you did something wrong, admit it and clean it up, so that I don't have to go weeks, months, years without cleaning up something where I created some disharmony in the world. Um, and that, to me, is the beauty of the program, is once you get to a certain point, it demands, or we suggest, and never demands, but suggests that you continue to re-engage the process, continually to re-engage the process. Review your day, 
seek through prayer and understanding and be in service. And just constantly going through that almost on a daily basis is, is a beautiful spiritual program that unfolds that natural goodness and that natural spirit that's always trying to express itself. Right. It's it's like the it's the steps give a real concrete way to find that oneness to with mm-hmm. yourself, with with God, spirit, however you want to call it, and with other people. It shows you how to build those bridges that a lot of times we go around tearing down and maybe don't even know we're doing it. Yeah. Now I, I admit for myself the one place I got hung up was was on the eleventh step, up to you know prayer and meditation. Well, I didn't know how to pray, and I didn't know what meditation was, and that's where I was. That's when I actively went out and started seeking a spiritual community that could you know give me some more tools to engage. But I went specifically to deepen my understanding of God and to deepen my understanding of some of the tools that were available for me to tap into that higher power that I had turned my life and my will over to. Um, so we tell, you know, that's the one, maybe the one drawback in recovery is we tell people to seek, you know, through prayer and meditation, but we really don't teach prayer and meditation very effectively. So, you know, but maybe that's good. Maybe that, that keeps us looking and, and, and striving to find that, to deepen that relationship. What's one of the memorable uh, experiences you had when you did start seeking about that prayer and meditation? What What was an experience where you really first woke up and thought, wow, wow, this is something? Hmm, good question. Let me think on that one. I wasn't expecting that one, so I'll have to think on that one for just a second here. Um, you know, um, Wow. Let me think on that one. Ask me a different sure. question because it'll come we'll to come me. Just, you know, sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I'm uh, imagining you are a minister, a unity minister, and I'm guessing that that is not when when you were 39 years old with your heart uh, disease. That's probably not in your wildest dreams where you thought you'd end up. No. You know, and the funny thing is when I told my dad um, – um, that I was, uh, I, and my mom and dad, before my dad passed, I said I was thinking of going into the ministry. You know, he laughed hysterically and then, and then said, you know, I, 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 thought that, I thought that was always in there. I just didn't know how it was going to come out, which was kind of funny because later on I find that my dad, as I, as I started looking back at my life, I realized that my dad had a deep spirituality. He just, he did it in a way that didn't, kind of guide me into a church. He had more of a natural spirituality that you might find in, you know, in nature. And so he was always talking about, you know, God in nature. And I kind of would go to the nature part and kind of miss the God part until I woke up a little bit and realized some of the deep, the deep teachings that my dad had ground into my subconscious that I didn't even realize. But yeah, that, I, the first time the minister, because I was looking for a way to serve as I was in unity for a couple of years, and I was looking for a way to, you know, to start giving to, to how, how was I going to serve in the world, and I kept trying out things, and it wasn't this, and it wasn't that, and my minister at the time said, well, if it isn't that, and, but it's close, and it's not that, and it's close, then you must be a minister, and I about dropped my I dropped my jaw on the floor and said, no, not me, not me. I couldn't be a minister because I couldn't conceive of the fact of anybody wanting to follow me as a, as a spiritual leader and, and look at me today. 
Mm-hmm. And even then, I didn't, I did, couldn't see myself in a church for the longest time. I thought I would be a chaplain, so I actually have um, um, pretty much all the training to be a hospital and hospice chaplain. I thought that's what I was my path. Till my last year in a mainline seminary, and I realized that, oh darn it, God's calling me to be in church ministry, and I, I in a in a in a meditative state, I it came to me is. Very clear, it said, you said, if I asked you to do it, you will do it, and I'm asking you to go into church ministry. And I'm like, okay, I will, if you're sure this is what I want. So those are some of the things that that I've gotten in meditation is I, I hear a voice, um, and um, and I know that it's the voice within, but it's very definitely not my voice telling me what I what, where I need to be going and what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, that recovery process and the spiritual growth process is is almost, uh, it's not so much change as it is revealing as you've gone through yeah. your recovery. It's, you've revealed your true inner life, even if maybe you weren't so aware of it, but it was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfectly. That's a, that's a perfect way of saying it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I realized that the reason why I couldn't see myself as a minister was because I still... Had, had seen myself as somehow less than, and when I started embracing that that wholeness that God's always been trying to get me to embrace, and then I started to say, well, of course I could do this. I have certain skills that would be perfect for this. And We're going to go on break right now. Thanks. Okay. We'll be right back. And uh, stay with us if you're listening uh, with us, and we'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the Dream Doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. 
And if you're just joining us, our topic is When in Doubt, Focus Out. And my guest is Ray Nelson. Ray has 17 years of recovery. He is a unity minister, and he is a person that really believes in being of service and connecting with people. And that's how we experience our oneness um, while different with each other and how we really help each other out. So and his one of his favorite sayings is, When in Doubt, Focus Out, that that helps him He's of service uh, to be clear in his own life and to keep on growing. So, Ray, right before the break, you were talking to us about um, the importance of, you know, that prayer and meditation and how you really do listen. And you were saying that you really do hear a voice sometimes that guides you and you know it's different than sort of your own human voice. Talk about that a little more, if you would. How do you how do you hear that? Do you hear that very often? Or, you know, we're all different, so it's not like, oh, um, I should do that. Okay. I would guess that in in most of the t- most of the time in my meditation life um, and in in my prayers um, is I get more of a, an impression or a feeling. I don't I don't always get get the voice being clear, and I don't often get visualizations or anything like that. It it's funny though the times it's more like I get a knowing. It's like it just it's just things are just clear. You know, it, it's one of those. Kind of like when you you have a dirty window and then or you I wear glasses so if I, my glasses are dirty and all of a sudden my glasses are clean and the world just looks looks differently that's typically the way my meditations go where I just get a knowing. Um, the funny thing is though when I do hear the voice my, my the voice I oftentimes hear is kind of uh, um, uh, smart a smart aleck. That's my like, voice. Where it's, I'm expecting you know the the Charleston Heston you know voice on high in the mountain to give me these words of wisdom. And I remember one time I I was seeking guidance on on which direction to go, um, whether to make one choice or another. And I was like, oh, just I was just struggling because it was like it was like it almost seemed like the two sides were equally good, but one was going to take me one way and one was going to take me the other. And and the voice I got was. I really don't care what you do. Just start doing something because you're not giving me anything to work with while you're sitting there. Uh, and and it's like, oh, and, and but then it became clear is I was overthinking it. I had to be in movement for God to give me feedback on whether or not the path I had chosen was the right path. And standing still, not moving, I wasn't getting any feedback. It was great. I was nice and safe. I was like, you know, I was not, I was, I couldn't make a wrong decision, but I wasn't making any decision. So sometimes that voice I hear is kind of abrupt. Um, but I think that's what I need. I need to hear an abrupt answer because something that would be too easy or too, you know, too something, you know, may not get my attention. I, sometimes I think I need that more of a, that, that two by four on the head to get my attention, you know. The subtleties I lost on my my um, kind of uh, um, ego driven personality at times. <laughs> when, uh you were telling us a little bit ago about going into ministry, and 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 you said that you you had heard a voice that reminded you that at the beginning of your recovery that you'd be willing to do anything, uh, and and so that you did choose to go into ministry. How do you use or how do you weave in? the fact that you are a recovering person and your experience with that with being a minister? Yeah. Um, well, the, the two things is I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact to never out anybody, you know, 
but I'm okay with outing myself. Um, so I always use myself as an example, but I will frequently when I'm doing, um, doing, a, doing a, a Sunday lesson or a talk, I will frequently weave in, maybe not my own story, but I will weave in the lessons of the 12 steps. I will, I, I will say things like, you know, in the 12-step program, we talk about having to take a fearless moral inventory and how many of you have ever really looked at your life. Have you ever really fearlessly looked at your life and been willing to release anything that's holding you back from being all that God wants you to be? You know, and, and I, so I weave it in like that. Or, or I might weave my own story, and I, I use my, my healing story as a way to weave in the idea when we're talking, maybe doing a, a, a lessons on, on the healing power of God. And, you know, and everybody wants to point at Myrtle Fillmore or somebody else, which makes it, distance from us and I and I'll use the story of until I was willing to let go I couldn't heal because I wasn't allowing my heart to work so healing's not a, a theory that happens to somebody else healing is something that I allow to happen to me so I, I weave my stories in and out and another way I uh, another way I use it is by being upfront and authentic about it so that people know that they have a safe place if they need to to come and come and talk if they need to, um, uh, rather than, you know, I'm wondering if, you know, it's, and it's not as typical in unity, but we're not as immune to it as we tend to give our power to that, that, that man or woman up on the stage who has the, the power of God and he's somehow separate or she's somehow separate from me. And, you know, so I, so I use my own story to say, I'm just another person on this spiritual journey. I'm just somebody who's, I've gone through my struggles. I've had my joys. I continue to do my work, and I'm there to help you do your work. And so it opens up that permission that somebody can say, oh, it's okay to come and tell Reverend Ray that, you know, I'm not perfect. I have problems because um, unity does every once in a while. I, don't know if you found this in your ministry. We have a tendency to um, uh, not not want to acclaim some of our dark sides, you know, because we think somehow we're giving power to it rather than learning how to release it. So we metaphysicalize ourselves quite quite frequently. Yeah, when we're afraid of that that shadow side, that's when we're really giving it the power and. It's like covering up our eyes and saying, it's not there, it's not there. And yes, it is there, and it's eating your lunch. You better pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, um, Uh um, you know, it's like, oh, it's all good. Well, you know, there's potential good. It doesn't make the the experience good. So I try to use my my own story, my own lesson, and my own life as a way of saying, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to have, you know, I just did a, a series of talks on, on weathering the storm. It's okay to have storms, you know. We're in a human body. We're having a human experience. We're going to have storms. You know, it's okay. And now here's some things you can do, you know. Here's some, here's some programs that you can work. Here's some tools that are available to you that help you in that process. And I'm one of those tools. I'm here to support you. If you need to come to me, if, you need, if you're having struggle, you can come to me, and I will, I, I will, I will walk that journey with you for a while. And uh, I've always liked that. No, you can't walk somebody's journey for them, but it's certainly nice to have somebody walking through the journey with you. 
Right. How have you seen uh, people in congregations that may even not be in recovery or have an addiction problem, but still they are affected in a constructive way by the fact that you are in recovery? Um, you know, I, it, it's funny because um, I think it's because they see it's okay. Maybe they're not. Maybe they don't have an addiction, but that doesn't mean that they don't have. They haven't made. You know, sometimes I think it's actually easier as long as it doesn't kill you. Sometimes I think it's easier to move through life if we have an addiction that we can be released from by using twelve steps because at least we got a community and a bunch of tools to use. Um, sometimes the, those those who are you know what you know euphemistically called normies they they don't they don't have a natural community but I think by just allowing the conversation that there are struggles in life and there are tools to move through to help move through the struggles and if you do you will have a spiritual awakening I think that resonates with most everybody in a unity community because. If, as long as you're not pointing fingers at them, they will know their own struggles, even if they even if they don't share them out loud. And for them to be able to recognize the fact, if I'm willing to to do some simple things, if I'm willing to dig down and and tell the shadow to quit eating my lunch, I love that version. You know, I love that thought. You know, yes, your shadow's eating your lunch. You now tell them to stop. And there there is that you will have a spiritual awakening, and and that. That those are lessons that can easily be taught and, um, and embraced by just about anybody. Right. We've got just a couple of minutes left here, but I'm, I'm going to ask you a big, big question here, Ray. Is okay. when you got your physical healing of your heart, do you, was that related or not to the, to the spiritual healing of your heart? Or, or did, did you think those affected each other? I, I, I actually don't think the one would have happened without the other. Um, I actually, one of my early spiritual teachers said the reason why your heart was, was, was damaged is because you weren't letting your heart work. And I was, I was willing to allow my heart to work partly by doing the work of recovery, but also by removing substances that were, that were harmful. I allowed, and then I opened my heart up to allow it to start being open to the world, which is really for me, is what God's asking me to do, is to open my heart. And as I open my heart, then the blood could flow. The natural life of the body could flow through me because I was allowing it to. I think I was so closed through fear and just absolute terror of life that I wasn't allowing my body to work. So I I doubt if I would have recovered without the spiritual recovery because I don't think I would have allowed my heart to open up. So I might have died I might have died sober, but I don't think I would have died with the, the freedom that I have at this point. Ray, thank you so much. Obviously you have uh, allowed your heart to open up and, and uh, you do it even more and more every day. And I know that the love that pours out through you is surely indeed a blessing to other people. So Give us a brief last word. What would you like to leave us with today? Um, you know, be willing to look. Be, be willing to look at the places you don't want to look at. You know, that that would be the last word. That and always, great. when in doubt, and, and when in doubt, focus out. Be be in service to somebody else. That always helps me. 
Ray, thank you so much for being my guest today. You have blessed us. You have opened my heart, and I know you have for all those who are listening. And so you. Uh, you be blessed and, uh, and keep on doing the great work that you're doing and making those connections. And so thank you all for joining us today here listening to Spirit of Recovery, and you be back with us next week. We'll be right back. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear.
I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.